Good morning, rollers. Welcome to, I actually don't know what episode this is going to be, but welcome to this new episode. It's going to be a little different this time because it's just me, James, one half of the Roots of Life hosts. Taylor is away at the moment. He is doing a Vipassana retreat that I believe we've spoken to you about before. But today I'm here with my good friend, Imtiaz Taj. Hello. Welcome, Im. Thanks for being here. Yeah, that was uh, fun. Yeah, it's been a long time. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, almost a year. Yeah, it's been, I think, eight months since I moved to Kamloops. Right. And a couple months before that, I had moved to um, Victoria. Right. So, yeah, pretty close to a year. Yeah. Ten months at least. Yeah. Um, so, Im, I met you at VIU, where we right. both went to school together, both doing psychology. Right. Uh, so how's how's that going for you right now? It's going great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to wrap up. I'm going to be graduating in June. Congratulations! Thanks. Yeah, so I'm just trying to wrap up uh, all the things that needs to be done. Yeah. Did you, you end know? up going to? Uh, you were going to like Finland, I think. No, we ended up not going because okay. uh, I got into the board of governors for the VIU. Oh, congratulations! Right. Thanks. Yeah. So I I ran for one year. I did one year. Yeah, I've just finished my term, but I'm elected for the second term, nice. so I'm going to be doing it again next year. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, so you're gonna are you going to be back at VIU again next year? Yeah, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do my research project and I'm going okay. to do my addiction certificate. Oh, wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, how many degrees and certificates would that be? Oh, six. Six. Yeah. That's six people. <laughs> you're slacking if you don't got six. Well, I spent all, almost 20 years in higher education, too. So Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. So is that your, your life mission, is to educate yourself? That's it. You know, I want to, I want to keep on working I'm, until I'm, I mean, keep on going to school until I'm 65, and then I want to retire. I like it. You never, <laughs> have, to, never have to get out there and do the, right, real, the work. real work, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I will do this. I mean, real work is, school is real work. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I know that your story, I don't think I know all of it, but I know your story is a pretty interesting one. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone through some, some adversity in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of wanted to just share it with the people here. So right. at the moment you have, you're getting your fifth degree. Yeah. 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 So you'll have, what are your degrees in? So acting and directing, uh, journalism, photography, um, Elementary education and comparative religions and economics. <laughs> that sounds like a lot more than five. Yeah, but I two of them are double degrees. Okay. Yeah, double oh, wow. majors. Just yeah. got all these crazy degrees, all the schooling. Yeah, exactly. Just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, well, you know what? I think you need to keep on growing. Yeah. And once you start combining different different area, different disciplines, you really learn a lot more than one when you're stuck in one major. And one focus. Fair enough. Um, so, how did you end up getting to Canada? It's a long story. We can. Do you want to go back to the start where you grew up? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Yeah. So, wh- yeah. Wh- let everybody know where it was that you grew up. Okay. So, I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. Okay. Okay. I was born to both of my parents were physicians. So very early in my life, they decided that they want me to learn English so I can go to medical school. So they sent me to one of the only co-ed school in Pakistan. Yeah. 
and one of the only school among the only schools that taught everything in english so i went to st thomas english school it was taught by nuns and being a muslim i was still a being a muslim i was still um, a minority because mostly it was all the kids from minority groups christian hindu sikhs so even though i grew up in pakistan as a majority muslim all my friends were non muslims so i i grew up with a very confused life yeah because you know i would at school i will practice christianity catholicism i will go my friends best father was either in a temple or in a you know protestant school uh, and then when i go home i had to study islam yeah right so from the beginning i grew up as a multicultural person so uh, i really never fit in you've always had these different influences from different religions telling you how to kind of live your life right and you kept on mixing them up of yeah. course because you were a kid so um you know um then let's move on to how i got to america first okay so in 1984 there was a referendum happening in pakistan and i was uh, that was the year i was in the first year of medical school i was 18 years old i was sent to uh, observe the election from one of the parties and uh, it was actually not an election it was a referendum president zialak of pakistan want, who was a dictator until that point wanted to change and become the president oh so a referendum was can he become the president would you accept him as a president or will he stay uh, in power as a dictator so i was watching that year the government has passed this law that you can come in with any form of id as long as it has a picture on it yeah. and um and your name is on the list so i was watching everything was going fine and then i kept on seeing this one guy keep coming back with different ids i know the guy he was a russian shop owner in pakistan everything is on rations in pakistan oh really so like you have you get your ration for flour of sugar no grocery store i guess rush is pretty close hey so they all kind of just right graded down right yeah so so i was watching and then after i saw him come like 15 16 time i just said you know that's enough you know it's it's cheating yeah basically he's coming in with different people's ration cards that he can just print in his own shop slap his picture and he's ready to go so he was just voting multiple times 17 times he 17 voted 17 times yeah so i you know i said he cannot vote anymore the government side said no he has a picture id his name the name is on the list so he can vote we start arguing uh people heard outside so they started rioting oh and three buses were burned there was a, like a police station burn about I think 16 people died oh my god you know? a lot of so i got blamed for the, everything the whole just because of the argument you got blamed for everybody Every, right yeah that i incited rights oh wow so i was thrown in prison for 3 months 3 months in prison um uh, the judge told me that i have to serve 20 years in prison my father was the physician for the government governor of sin okay. he made an arrangement with him to get me out of the country oh wow So then uh I applied and I got accepted at Bloomsburg University in Eastern Pennsylvania. So I arrived there and that was my first institute. I got two degrees out of. Oh wow. I played football for five years there too. Nice. Yeah. What position did you play? I played fullback and free safety. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I was uh, on the special teams too. 
So I was always on the field. And I'm still paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just an all-American that that time of your life? That's right, yeah. It was real fun, man. Real, a lot of fun. And I learned a lot. I learned... And, you know, it, people think, like, foreign... Like, I went in and I became an American. Yeah. Like, like it took me six months and I was an American. Yeah, you just had all of their... Yeah. And that's... That, that's all the skill I learned from going to a multicultural school in Pakistan. Yeah, you kind of knew how to adopt, integrate how to, into yeah. these kind of groups already. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so getting back to Pakistan, though, does that mean if you did go back to Pakistan, you'd be put in jail? Yeah, so I'm still blacklisted. Uh, yeah. my, my, my sentence is suspended until I get back. Oh, wow. So uh, the, uh, the day I land there, I will be arrested and put in prison for 20 yeah. years. So that's why I'm not allowed to go back to Pakistan. That makes sense. I yeah. wouldn't go back either. Yeah. So then uh, Bloomsburg, I got my two degrees. I graduated. I did a lot of acting from so from 87, 1987 to 2000. And, uh, I mean, 1998, I did over 200 shows, acting, directing, and stage oh, managing. Wow. Yeah. And I also work at Geneva College in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And um, I taught. Uh, technical theater there for six years. That's great. You taught there? Yeah, I taught, yeah. Wow. From my experience. That's cool. You know, so I was in non-faculty position that concerned me as staff okay. position. Okay, yeah. And it was all hands-on learning. Nice. So it was just a bunch of acting and fun stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I like so it. I will I will go to Pittsburgh and other places and act and then go back and do my work. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So now you're in America... Having yeah. time of your life playing football, teaching acting classes. How did you end up in Canada? In Canada. All right. So uh, let's move ahead to 9-11, 2001. Uh, okay, right? yeah. I was uh, living in Rochester at that point. Okay. I was working at a car dealership. Yeah. As a, as a, a dealer trade manager. And uh, one day somebody, the immigration come and arrested me. And this is March of 2002. And they came and they said, well, you know, you have broken the law, so we have to take you in for prison. I'm like, well, what did I do? They said, back in 96, you worked without work permit. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. In 96, I had applied for the work permit. I was teaching and I was acting. And uh, I was told, I called and I said, well, my work permit is about to expire. And I, I have already applied three months in advance. So what should I do? They said, keep on working. It's in the mail. But after 9-11, the Bush, parts, Bush government passed the Patriot Act. Yeah. So they could use any technicality to pick anybody up. And they only picked me up because I had a Muslim name. That was the only That's reason. That's it? Just That's Taj? Yeah. Imtiaz Ali Taj. Oh, yeah. Middle name is Ali. Ali, yeah. So it's pretty obvious to most people that I'm Muslim. Yeah. Even though I gave up Islam back in 1987, I went through Catholicism, yeah. I went through Protestantship, and now I'm a Buddhist. You're Buddhist? Yeah. So, you know, like, I've gone through that whole... So, you know, when they picked me up, I was thrown in prison for 15 months. They could not send me back to Pakistan. That's a long time to be in prison. Yeah, it's because I went in front of the judge. The judge says... Sorry, we want all of your kind out of this country. That did, was did he actually exact say word. that to you? Exact words. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, That's okay, terrible. what did I do? Like, why, why do you hate me so much? Well, because you are brown, you are Pakistani, you are Muslim, we don't want you here. 
I'm like, okay, well, okay, that's fine. You know, I yeah. understand that part because you know it's your country. You're trying to protect it. Yeah. But but you know, my friends are willing to put a million dollar to get me out of prison, and you're still not letting me out. Yeah. And all my friends are like, I made through two universities. Yeah. So like, they're pretty well established people. You know. And they're like willing to get you out, but yeah. they won't let you out. So so. It was decided in four months, but then the, the next 11 months, they were just trying to figure out what to do with me. Oh, just where to put you, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because they cannot just drop me at another country without any claim. Yeah. You know, and they cannot send me back to Pakistan because I was a conventional refugee in America. Yeah. Right? So they decided to just drop me off at Peace Bridge in Canada, this is... which is in Niagara Falls, Canada. Yeah. So one, one pair of clothes no money, my file in my hand, they said, here you go, there's your file, walk that way, walk to Canada. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, why? They said, well, you're not welcome here, Canada will accept you, go ahead. So, so they didn't let you even get any of the your old things? Like no, none nothing. of your clothes, yeah. nothing? Nothing. Like, wow. I, came, I had not even a pen in my name. That's crazy, and they yeah. just sent you to Canada. Yeah. So I, I arrived, uh, and I walked in the immigration office. They said, well, what are you doing here? Where's your passport? I said, I don't have a passport. This is my file from American Immigration. I said, oh. And they looked through the file. And at that point, you know, I'm a diabetic. I'm type 1 diabetic. Yeah. My sugar was running really low. So the immigration people were so nice in Canada, man. You know, <laughs> they, they put me in a room. The guy ran across the street, bought me burger and fries so I can my sugar can go Oh, up. what a nice guy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he was like, oh, I'll just pay for it. No problem, man. No big deal. Yeah. So, you know, and then they said, well, this is the SARS time. So they have to put me in um, in prison, basically, mm -hmm. until the judge can decide what to do with me. Oh, wow. And uh, so I went into a prison, a Canadian prison in St. Catharines, mm -hmm. Ontario, and um, spent about three weeks there. Went in front of the judge and judge. And I had gotten a I had gotten a lawyer from uh, a pro bono lawyer from Canada. Yeah. Immigration lawyer. With him, I went in front of the judge and judge just looked at the file and he says, Mr. Taj, I cannot believe what you have gone through. People like you are not welcome in America, but we welcome you. Welcome to Canada. And he gave me a conventional refugee status and let me out. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I was like, I was crying. Yeah. You know, just complete elation at this point. Yeah. Because, you know, I've gone through such a hard time and then. Having this people just with open arms in Canada. Yeah, everybody just accepted you. Yeah, from from the very beginning, you've always felt like an outsider in, in right. these different schools and then having to leave your home country and then being literally kicked out of the States. Right. To to come to Canada and just be accepted, it must have felt amazing. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially, like in America, most of the people accepted me, my friends. Like, yeah. I, I didn't go through any, like... When I arrived at Bloomsburg, they used to send me out to do presentations in high schools, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that was part of my, my scholarship as an international student to promote the university. So oh. uh, my favorite thing to do was walk into the redneck biker bars. <laughs> and at the, we are talking back in, in like 85, 86, yeah. and it's like all coal mining towns, you know, it's all prominently white. Yeah. You know, and really racist uh, 
and I would walk into a bar and people wanted to kill me, you know. But, you know, I went, introduced myself, hung out, had a beer with them, start talking. Before I was done, like by the end of the night, everybody was buying me shorts and inviting me to go fishing with them. And um, so, you know, like people say when they look at America, they think it's racist people. Yeah. There are not that many racist people. It's just they never have been, you know, introduced to other cultures. Yeah, they just haven't met other people. That yeah, they, can... they live in small towns, a lot of yeah. them, and they have never really left the town. They work in the town. So, th- you know, it's, racism is in America is more a government problem than it is of people problem. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So the only time I, I you know, experienced after 9-11, a couple of people when I was sailing cars, a couple of people walked in, and that's like 9-12, 9-13, like, couple of days after yeah and they will say can we buy a car from someone else beside him and the manager will tell them to get out of their showroom <laughs> like well we cannot have that this is he's our one of our base salesmen yeah so you know sorry you have to just leave sorry you can go <laughs> yeah we don't know what we, to say we don't want racist people here yeah that's so, that's good i like yeah. that there's people in the world that they will stand up for others exactly yeah and, and yeah world is beautiful there's a lot of people like yeah. that yeah. So then I arrived in Toronto and uh, I spent about three months as a homeless on the streets of Toronto. Well, because I had no money. Yeah, no money, nowhere to I go. I had one pair of clothes. Yeah. And uh, and some of the most amazing th- things were happening to me too at that time. I was learning a lot about myself. Yeah. You know, and I was walking around with a shoe with a hole in it. Oh, no. And, right. So one day I'm just sitting in a bench. It's a park, right? Right by Queen Street, there was a park right by the church. Uh, I was sitting on this uh, bench. I was minding my own business, and this guy came and sat next to me, and he says, how are you doing today? I said, I'm good, I'm good. He was like, I see there's a hole in your shoes. Why don't you get new shoes? I said, I don't have money. I'm trying to find a job. I don't have the work permit yet, so I cannot work. And the government is giving me like $50 every week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all I can do is $50 eat McDonald's. Yeah. It's like, here you go. And he gives me a base sort of, uh, gift card for $100. So let's go buy yourself some shoes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super nice. Yeah. So then I went, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there were so many strangers. They were yeah, just, just very generous yeah. people. And most of the time I was just, I would go and, you know, grab books from other places. Like, people leave books at the mall and stuff. Yeah. So my favorite thing was to just sit in a park bench and read. Nice. And that's what I was doing. I mean, you know? at least you got something going on, right? Keeps exactly. you happy, keeps you yeah. learning. and Yeah, yeah. so then I, I worked my up where, uh, in the summer. Then they, I still didn't have the work permit. They, they finally approved me to get welfare. Mm-hmm. So after three months, then I applied to be a... I started volunteering, and I volunteered for factory theater and a couple of other theater and made some friends. And then those friends said, one, one of the friends, Joel Benson... Uh, that I met through Toronto Film Festival, he said one day, said, "M, I'm going to um, I'm going to Quebec to do a show for four months. Why don't you stay in my room?" Oh, nice. Yeah. So then, uh, so I moved in. Uh, I stayed in his room. I paid his rent because by that time I was making you're, some you're money. Working, some yeah. money was coming from the government. So then, uh, and then through that, then my other roommate, Joel's roommate, David, says, "M, there's a." opening at my restaurant. I know, you know, you just got the work permit. Why don't you go and apply? I was applying everywhere, but yeah. nobody was hiring me because 
I didn't have any references in Canada. Yeah. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any clothes. You know. Yeah. So um. So the so I said okay. So I went and I talked to the manager there, and I talked to Michael Kavanaugh and uh, another amazing guy. He hired me on the spot. He said, "Yeah, you are perfect. So we are going to do busing, but I want you to be a want to go out on the street and bring some people in." Oh, like, that's no problem, cool. Michael. Yeah. So I started. I start busing. Yeah. And. So I started making some money finally. Yeah. And um, within six months, I was the maitre d'. And they gave me a clothing allowance, so I was wearing suits and ties. Oh, and wow. So I would stand, I would go outside, but a lot of time I was just working in the restaurant. And my job was to just talk to people. Talk to people, make them happy? Yeah, exactly. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. So, um, and again, I, like those are the people like, people like Joel and Michael that put me back on my feet because of their kindness. Yeah, and David, you know, so um, I worked there five years, uh, applied for my uh, residency. So I became a legal alien at five years. And that's the time I had imposed. A, they had imposed a limitation on my movement. OK. Until my case was settled. Yeah. So once I became a resident, then that went away. So I could move anywhere I want. So. One day I was talking to Joel, and I'm like, Joel said, what do you want to do with your life? You don't want to work in restaurant business your entire life. I said, no, I want to do something exciting. I want to do something fun. I want to start a theater company. So where do you want to live? I said, West Coast. <laughs> West like, Coast, best coast. Yeah, exactly. So he was like, you know what? My father just moved there. Uh, he's living in Paul River, and it's beautiful. They can use a theater company. Why don't you move there? I'm like, Okay. So without knowing anything, I packed my bags and I moved to West Coast. Wow. Yeah. And I started a theater company in Paul River. That's it's cool. called Raven's Call Theater. Raven's Call yeah. Theater? Yeah. I lived there for six years. You, oh, six years. Wow. Yeah. And then I, you know, I decided to um, go back to school. Yeah. And that's how I ended up. At Did you, is, there's a campus in Paul River, right? Yeah, that's where that's I where started. That's where you started? Yeah. Okay, and then you moved. And it was also interesting because one of the guys, I was working at ANW as a supervisor Yeah. Uh, to make extra money because acting doesn't pay, right? Yeah. So, so one of the guy I met was a sociology student, uh, Mike, um, from VIU. And one day he says, M, I know you have done a lot of acting. Do you know anything about Rocky Horror Picture Show? I said, yeah. Then when I was in, in the 80s, we used to do Rocky Horror Midnight Showing all the time. And I was a bouncer for like, Two years I bounced for that show. Oh, wow. And they were like, oh, can you come and just talk to our my class about this? So I went in, and he had given me an hour and a half. We ended up talking for three hours. Wow. You know? And then he, that was his idea was to take and show him this microculture. Yeah. So so we went to, that was just before Halloween. So we, we took them to the midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show in Patricia Theater in Paul River. And people were dancing. There was a stage in front. And, you know, th so they experienced all that. Then the next class I went in and we talked about it another three hours. <laughs> and um, and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of flipping burgers. Yeah. It's a great, like, best bosses, you know, decent money. Yeah. I can live. But, you know, I, I'm going to go back to school. So I started the school the semester. That's when you started doing psychology? Yeah. 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 Nice. Psychology was, I always knew that would be the next next step for me. What what drove you into picking psychology as? Well, it's just, you know, a, as an actor, you're always learning about how how to 
be yeah. somebody else's shoes and how to build relationships. Yeah. You know, because in the stage you have to build relationship really fast. Yeah. You know. So you always you are a part-time psychologist anyway. <laughs> You know? You're already doing the psychology, learning how to be somebody else, think like somebody else. That's right. Nice. So that's why, yeah. So you've gone through all of these things, and you're and you have you had refugee status here in Canada. Yeah. You had it in the and states, yeah. but they got they kicked you out, and that was all bef- after basically escaping from Pakistan. Right. Um, how do you feel about? We're going to go into the polit- the American politics here for a second. How do you feel about Trump's newest policy on in the terms of the Muslim ban? Okay, yeah. Well, not even let's not even talk about Muslim ban. Yeah, yet. just talk about Trump and being in power. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's it's already really really ridiculous at that yeah, point. It's like it's totally unbelievable. I can see why he got elected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because. People in Ohio and Pennsylvania that I lived with for so long, the once the coal mine closed, they didn't move on. Most of yeah. the people will move on. They sat on their porches and drank beer <laughs> and complained about the factory closing. You yeah. know? We're just for, waiting for work to show up for that instead of for going them. for it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know? But like Pittsburgh itself used to be the big steel city. Mm-hmm. Every building was black. But once they start losing those jobs, Pittsburgh transitions towards technology. Clean all the buildings. All the buildings are beautiful. It's a beautiful town. And it's the num- it's a, one of the biggest hub for, you know, um, electronics and computer stuff now. You oh, know, that's really software. cool. Yeah. So they transition. But all the small towns like Beaver Falls, which is only like a stone throw away, yeah. they stick still stuck in oh my job got lost 20 years ago yeah i don't know what to do i don't want to sell my house and move yeah i hate my life because i didn't decide to move earlier kind of thing and and you know so they they don't blame economy Mm -hmm. they they don't understand the point why the jobs are going to another country because yeah they also want to make 18 dollars an hour 20 dollars an hour where in china the kids are making you know a dollar an hour a day (laughs) yeah so so, you know, that's why we lost the jobs. Yeah. And that's that's what they don't under, want to understand. They don't want to pay taxes. No, nope, don't want to pay yeah. taxes, want to get high pay. and High pay? <laughs> uh, so, like, how you know, there's no logic there. No, there really and isn't. And those are the people, uneducated people who elected Trump in the White House. Yeah, Trump Trump was all going to create jobs, yeah. et cetera. And, and that's another thing. Like, going to build America up again. You're all going to be working and strong and... This is the guy who took the job away from you in the first place. Yeah. He, he's that's the what one they selling didn't see. those companies across. Yeah. That's what they didn't see. They didn't see that the economy is bad because of rich people like Trump. Yeah. But just because he was rich, they were like, if he made money, he can make me make money. I and think, that, I think that, that was definitely part of it. I yeah. think there was also just the difference between the two candidates yeah. where Hillary be- became this huge villain in, a, in most people's eyes. Um, just I think because and she's undeserving. a Clinton. Yeah, but undeserving. And that's another thing you have to look at. Like Hillary, I met Hillary about 20 times. Really? Yeah, because uh, I lived in, when I moved out of Pennsylvania, I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. I lived in Naples, New York, which is right below Rochester. Okay. And the my landlady, who's like actually my like my sister, 
Joan, she uh, she ran the Democratic office out of Canada. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, so every time when because she was our senator for so long. Yeah. So every time she came in Rochester, I get to meet her. So that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and that's the thing. People, the only thing, the only big knock against Hillary was the email scandal. Yeah. And Benghazi. Mm-hmm. If you look at Trump and his 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 minions, they have already broken both of those. Like all of the scandals with Trump. Yeah. The Trump I administration. Mean, all the rape allegations. All the you know failed universities. Yeah. And, and casinos and all the bankruptcy, you, they didn't see any of that. But they saw just one thing, actually two things, Yeah, and made her a villain. I think it's more also also because she was a woman. I think, I'm, I think that might have been a part of it, but I think, uh, I think it was more just because Trump went with, I'll make you money and we'll keep all the bad people away, so you're safe. So everybody's like, sweet, I'm going to have money and I'm going to feel safe. Right. And and I think that alone was a big thing for a lot of people cuz feeling safe is something that a lot of people don't get to feel especially especially in today's society where you go outside and you all you hear is there's bombings here, there's shootings here, blah blah blah, we're all going to die basically. So they just being told you're going to be safe and I'm going to get you money. Right. I think was the biggest like draw towards him but that's what another thing about america i don't understand um and american people i don't how many big wars america has seen in america like talking about mid-america ohio pennsylvania like hardly anything has happened there uh, uh, and they've made such a big deal out of it and then there's people in syria yeah. Who are getting Syrian gas. Who yeah. are getting, you know. Bombs so, daily. Yeah. And those are the people who you want to keep out. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. Doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. These people need help. Like, yeah. you should be helping these people, not shunning them and sending them away. And you know what? Uh, another point I have to make. Mm-hmm. I'm a big supporter of our prime. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know people say, you have to understand politics. He, you have to give something to do something. Yeah. You know, people don't want to give up anything, but they want to achieve everything. Yeah. And that's not how politics work. You know, you have to, what, what is that? You have to rob Peter to pay Paul? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the, I think that's the term. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've been on and off with, with um, our Prime Minister Trudeau. But I, d- I do really like him. I've I've yeah. I voted for him actually. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, and I, I think he's I think he's doing well. He's I, doing I mean, better than most of the other people, like uh, south of the border. border. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's not hard though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, like, uh, and then Trump. Going back to the question you asked, what was the question? Um, what you what your thoughts are on the current um, refugee status? Oh, the the Muslim. Well, it is a Muslim ban. Yeah, right. It, it I is. mean, you can you can disguise it however way you want it. Yeah. You know, but the problem is the people, the the terrorists that came from Saudi Arabia, and then Saudi Arabia is not on the list. That's because you know? they have oil. Well, a yeah, lot of it. Yeah. So many people come from Pakistan. Like mm-hmm. Pakistan is a breeding ground for terrorism. Yeah. And they're not on the list. So it's like, how come these people are not on the list yeah. and these countries are? 
So yeah, that didn't make sense to me from the first day, and that's why it keeps on, keeps on the courts keep on stopping it. Yeah, yeah. So it still hasn't gone through. No, I, yeah, it's totally stopped. I, I haven't been keeping up. Yeah, see, I have. Good. I have no choice. <laughs> You're like, I, I just need to know if I'm, I can go back to America. Are you able to go and visit America? No, now? I'm, I'm still not. You're, you're bad. Yeah, I have to apply. And okay. If, if Clinton would have won, I would have been given a pardon. Oh. But because Trump won, there's no way I'm yeah, going Yeah, there's back. no way. Yeah. I mean, I won't even go there while he's in office. Yeah, I want to really go and just, like, I'm really comfortable in Canada. Yeah. And uh, I have... I, I, like I don't want to move anywhere, stay in the West Coast. Like I, I'm a West Coast guy, hundred percent. Oh, I agree. But um, I want to go back to America just to visit my friends who were like my family for yeah. so many years. You know, so that's what I miss most than anything. I miss the birth of their kids. I miss their weddings. Yeah, and, you know, those are the things. You know, even going to the funerals because you know we're getting to the. I'm fifty-two. Yeah, we're getting to the age where you know some do pass away here and there. Yeah. And I want to go and visit when that happens and give my friends a hug who are crying over it. Yeah. So. Go and kind of... Yeah, grieve together. Grieve together, yeah. visit your friends. Uh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So hopefully you can uh, do that in the near future. Yeah. Be I able to. So. Have you seen that um, there's been a lot of refugees actually coming to Canada from right. the States recently? Yep. Yeah, actually, a lot of my friends want me to uh, sponsor them. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you've done, uh, you were working with, what is it called, WUSC? Yeah, actually, I'm still, I'm not as involved this not year. Not as involved this year? But uh, I'm still working, and we have a fundraiser coming in next Thursday. Yeah, can you it's explain Can you explain what WUSC is? WUSC is, uh, it's World University Services of Canada. Mm-hmm. And it actually started in 1923. And, uh, 1923? 1923. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it started at the beginning as a, Support to countries like Germany, countries like like European, European mm-hmm. countries which have just gone through World War One. Oh yeah, okay. Right, and there was a lot of people who. So it was trying to help them with education. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole mandate for WOSC. WOSC survives um, educational opportunity, uh, infrastructure help to poor countries, mm-hmm. and it sponsors students. Because it's run by students, World University Services of Canada. So it's run by students. So we try to support some students from for refugee camps to come to Canada and study. That's so, cool. So, and Vancouver Island University chapter started in about seven years ago now. Yeah. About eight years ago now, sorry. And, um, and the whole mandate was we want to bring at least one student. One, yeah. 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 Uh, You've brought a lot of students in, haven't you? Yeah, we are we are up to fifteen now. Wow. Yeah. So the first year we just sponsor one student because mm-hmm. we were just starting; the money was not there. Yeah. And so what we do is we sponsor one student, uh, one of the from one of the refugee camps, mm-hmm. and they go through rigorous academic uh, checking. You know. Yeah. So yeah. they have to know how to speak English. They know how to read English. And they have to be in top of their class to qualify to come here. Oh, wow. So they already have to have an education. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're in high school, yeah. right? So so when people say, oh, you're, you know, we're not just bringing any refugee. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, they have to qualify. And t- two years ago, we brought in a girl from uh, Dadaab refugee camp in uh, Nigeria. Oh, okay. 
she was born in a refugee camp. Oh, wow. She lived there for 18 years. Wow. Right? So, like, we are not talking about people who are going to the refugee camp today. Yeah. We're talking about people who have lived people there. People that for, have lived there. That's the only life they know. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so we brought, uh, so we bring the kids here. We sponsored them to become permanent residents. Yeah. And we provide them for schooling and uh, all the expenses for the first. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we hope after the first year they can apply for scholarships and, you know, and continue education. Yeah. And they have. We had uh, Noor graduated last year who was, you know, and he's already working for CRA. Wow. Yeah. He's doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. And that's what I'm saying. These kids are very smart. Yeah, they're, they're like top you know? of their class to get here. So Yeah, and, and, and they have a drive because, yeah. you know, they have been stuck in a yeah. refugee camp. They've, they've so, seen some of the yeah. worst. So, yeah. so was, last year we sponsored three students because of the Syrian refugee crisis. Yeah. We got a lot more donation than we normally do. Oh, that makes sense. So we could afford to bring a third student. Yeah. And we brought a third student from a, Syria, a Syrian refugee has been in the refugee camp for two years. Wow. His name is, um, well, I shouldn't share that information, yeah. actually. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that out for now. Yeah. So, uh, and then this year, uh, so next year, next week on Thursday is our biggest fundraiser is called Harambe. And it's a celebration of, you know, achievement mm-hmm. and a commitment towards continue growing. Nice. In that direction, yeah. So we are doing a fundraiser next week. So 15 students we have brought up till now. Uh, eight of them were males and seven were females. So we so, are Yeah, actually, pretty balanced. That's good. Very balanced, yeah. yeah. I like that. 13 and 4. Yeah, that's it. 7 and 8. Yeah. It's really cool. That's a really, like, that's an awesome, awesome thing that you guys are doing. I like yeah. that. Yeah, but, you know, it's really hard. It's yeah, very no hard doubt. because the students... The students run the organization. They keep on moving on, and yeah. then the new students come and they have to relearn the. Whole they have process. to try and figure it out. And yeah, yeah, so, that's hard. You need you almost need like a faculty to to over yeah. overlook it kind well, of thing. Well, this year we did get finally last year actually we got uh, some help from the international. Mm. So uh, Daryl has been helping us from the international. So hopefully he can continue, and that way, because you know I will be moving on soon. Yeah. Uh, I cannot do that. You can't and, be training kids now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll be gone soon enough. So yeah, but you know that's an amazing organization, and I, I, I really, and it's all over Canada. So yeah. it's over. I think it's almost hundred over hundred campuses now. That's a so, lot. Yeah, yeah. So we are bringing f- about close to fifteen hundred students just into Canada. Into Canada. All over. Wow. Yeah. That's that's great. That's amazing. The yeah. Fifteen hundred students every year. Get to come to Canada and learn right. because of this company, Wisk. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. And, and and then they become Canadian. They get yeah. their degree and they contribute to the society. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's um there's actually a Syrian family that lives right behind my parents' house, and uh in Syria the the dad was was a farmer. They they lived on a farm, so he has turned. The, the house that he lives in, the whole backyard, and the neighbor's whole backyard into a farm. Nice. So it's really cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's kind of got farming going on, just provides for both houses and everything, and it's really cool. Yeah. No, last year, um, you know, people like Caroline, people yeah. like William from VIU. Yeah. They all are in organizations which are bringing in refugees. 
Yeah, actually, Caroline was telling me about that. Yeah. yeah. The house for them last year, um, right. around the time that there was a big influx of Syrian refugees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they're also running into the problem of, you know, trying to find, you know, you want to bring your family, but you can only sponsor them for so long. Yeah. So you have to make sure that, you know, you can get them self-sustainable. Yeah. You don't, you're not setting them up to fail. Yeah. So, you know, you cannot, some of them have four or five kids. So, you know, a, a rent, rental in, a rental here in Nanaimo is like 2000 2200 for that big of a Yeah. Family, you know, and there's not that many jobs. No. So, so, you know, you have to be careful of how you're setting them up. And yeah. that's what takes the longest. That makes sense. Yeah. Because the government, these families are supported by churches, so they're not getting anything from the government. Oh, they're just supported by churches? By churches or by community organizations who are built. Oh, wow. So, so they, they do the same thing like WOSC, you know, they support yeah. them for one year and hope that they can stand on their Yeah, hopefully they can jobs. continue on after that. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, the house that they live in, um, the refugee family behind my parents' house, the the owner of the house basically just moved into the basement and just gave them the house. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. and that's He didn't, what he didn't I, have yeah. any money to give, so he's like, you can have my house. Yeah. And it, uh, we see that a lot, actually. Yeah? Like, you know, th- there's two kind of people. Yeah. Uh, people who are against refugees and people who are willing to give the shirt off their Yeah. I, I, I feel it. Two sides of the pole there. Yeah. Yeah. So we are getting close to the ending time. Before we do that, I have a really fun thing. Okay. So I don't know if you've listened to our podcast at all. No, I haven't had an opportunity. That's okay. Recently, we've started doing something fun. Our segment that's called What Tickles Your Fancy. Okay. So the concept of this is it's something like the little things in life or that, that kind of make you happy, that make your day, or something that inspires you. So my What Tickles Your Fancy for today is sitting in the sun with an ice-cold cider. Those perfect summer, summer days where you're just sitting in a lawn chair or sitting at the river, the cider in your hand, great day, fun times. So... On that note, I know it's really on the spot. I should have let you know beforehand. No, that's fine. But, Im, what tickles your fancy? Well, you know, with right now with all the papers and all the assignments and all the things, I would say my tickling my fancy will be sitting around a campfire with friends and having a beer. Nice. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, I did that the other day. I went to the beach in Cedar, just got picked up and went out there. Nice. Beautiful night. Nice fire. It's such a great feeling to be back on the island. It is. Yeah, yeah. I bet it is. Yeah. It's been too yeah. cold in Kamloops. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. Well, thank you, Im. Thank you Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for telling us your story and sharing yeah, it for everyone. Course, yeah. it's, an, it's, it's actually an amazing story. It's really inspiring. Thanks. Yeah. It's cool. All right. Thank you, everyone. We do not have an artist of the week this week, I believe. Um, you can find us at rootsoflifepodcast.com. If you'd like to ask him any questions, you can send it to us at rootsoflifepodcast at gmail.com. And we can, we can send those questions on to him, get some answers for you, uh, or connect you in any way. If you want to help donate to, to WUSC, you can send us a message and I can talk to him for you. And if you would like to be an artist of the week, 
Send us a message on any of our social media handles. Twitter is at Roots of Life Pod, Instagram at Roots of Life Podcast, or you can send us an email. Thanks for being here, everybody. Stay weird. <laughs>